Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Hello, hello, my beloved family. If you've listened the last couple of days, I know you've listened to um, uh, encores, and I'm so sorry when I can't be with you live. And I bless God for you, and I bless God for the Station of the Cross, and I'm very excited because we can get back to what we're learning. Um, in the Catechism Explained, which is the Council of Trent, explained it, a whole faith explained beautifully. You can use the modern catechism. There's nothing wrong with it. It's true. It is simply just uh, the, the, the current catechism has just, uh, as the faith since Vatican II, um, has just dropped so many things. And, and it, I just feel that we're robbed of our faith because of it. Um, even as we practice, the, the more we find out liturgically of, of ember days and rogation days and octaves and vigils and, and then days of holy obligations such as the ascension coming up that was transferred to Sunday and most Catholics don't even know anything about it anymore. It's just... It's so tragic, and I thought with all that's going on in the world, LifeSite News is my number one news station, news report. I get their emails every single day, and and I go through them thinking, all right, which one can we talk through together? And I said, no, 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 no. There's so much happening at such record speed, Uh, COVID passports and uh, universities demanding Um, the COVID shot in order for students to return, Um, another university uh, demanding uh, that all their students uh, prove of Black Lives Matter, otherwise they're going to be labeled racist, Uh, what our government is doing to utterly destroy the country, the faith, and number one, to destroy the family. And the reason that's the case is that it is God's design for the family, not man's design. God's design for the family to build his kingdom. No other design. And the enemy knows that, and so that is has been his target since day one in the garden. Since day one. He has not changed his plan because God has not changed his plan. The family is still key. And so rather than read all these half-alarming things or um, uh, kind of keep putting little fires out. The only thing we need, beloved, the only thing we need, well, two things, to know our faith and to live as if it's true. Of course it's true, but we need to live as if it's true. So our neighbors don't say to us, I thought you're Catholic. Well, we are. Well, how come I don't, how come you do this? Or how come you don't do that? You know, um, I went to an eye doctor yesterday, and, um, and she's a young gal, and she's not married yet, and I, but she has a boyfriend, I said, and I, I asked her at the beginning, a new, new uh, eye doctor, I said, are you Catholic? She said, no, she's a Christian, and <clears throat> we went on to talk, 
And I said, are you planning to get married and have 20 children? And she said, no, remember, I'm not Catholic. I just, I thought that was hysterical. So there's still understanding left that Catholics are pro-life and that Catholics follow God's command to procreate, to fill the earth. I I thought that was a fantastic response from her. So um, she needs to be Catholic, but at least she knows what separates Catholics from everybody else. I, I was thrilled to hear that. And so we can't live a faith that we don't know. And the only defense of the world, uh, we can pick it, we can vote, we must do those things, must. But to live our faith as if it's true, we have to know our faith. And so we have been reading, uh, we started at the beginning of the catechism explained. Let me see if I can get this up for you online. Here we go. Okay, the Catechism Explained by the Reverend Francis Spirago. It's published now by Mediatrics Press, if you can see that, Mediatrics Press. And um, it's lower in price, soft cover, uh, but quite extensive because it is our faith in here. The faith once delivered to the saints. The whole faith And you could say, but Mother, that was 16th century. That's the Council of Trent. Come on, we've had Vatican II and I. Well, things have changed. Zero has changed. Truth cannot change. Its application can be applied in different ways, but it cannot be changed. It cannot be modified in any way whatsoever. We have it so backwards today. I won't go into I won't go into saying it. I won't do it. What do I What do I see here? Okay, we're okay. No, I don't know. Oh, I see it. Okay. Um, so I'm going to continue with the catechism explained, and uh, let me bring it up. There it is. We are now in part one, right at the beginning, and part one is on our faith, and. Part one of part one is the knowledge of God. Beloved, I want to tell you, this is what you need. This is what your children need. They will not be taught this in schools. And it will be even the rare Catholic school that teaches this. Catholic schools need Catholic teachers. And many Catholic schools hire non-Catholic Uh, even some non-Christian teachers, but even a Christian non-Catholic teacher um, cannot teach the Catholic faith. You cannot impart what you don't have and what you don't love. You need to know it. Every cell in your body needs to be Catholic. And so um, if you're in a Catholic school, any religion must be taught by faithful Catholics. And if it's math and science and other subjects, history, you say, well, can't those be non-Catholics? Well, they can, as long as they will never speak against the Catholic Church. Um, I remember one time uh, in San Francisco, the archbishop there, all he did when he became archbishop, he didn't require his teachers to be Catholic. He didn't require them to believe the Catholic faith. This is in a Catholic school. He required them to sign a document that said they will not teach against it. And they went to the Pope to remove him for that. It's insane. We're in an insane world. But so this is what we need to know for our salvation, 
for our children's salvation, for the salvation of civilization, beloved, the knowledge of God. And this goes on to say that the knowledge of God consists in the knowledge of his perfections, his works, his will, and the means of grace instituted by him. St. Paul bids us to increase in the knowledge of God. Now we only know God through a glass in a dark manner. Only in heaven shall we see him face to face and have a clear knowledge of his perfections. The happiness of the angels and the saints consists in the knowledge of God. You hear that? The happiness of the angels and the saints consists in the knowledge of God. Who are the saints? They are you and I, beloved. Yes, they are canonized uh, saints in heaven, but they are also the saints on earth. The Apostle Paul writes uh, to the saints of God in, in, in Rome, in Philippi, and all of that. He writes to the saints of God on earth. And when you look in a Catholic study Bible where it says saints, in the margin it says holy ones. And you say, well, I'm not holy. Oh, yes, you are. You are made holy at your baptism. It doesn't mean perfect. It doesn't mean without sin. To be holy means to be set apart from the world to God. That's what happens at our baptism. So we are saints on earth. We are witnessing to God for good or for bad, but we are saints. Um, My Protestant pastor used to say something that I love and I never forgot. He said, there's two people on the earth, the saints and the ain'ts. We are, if we're baptized into Christ, we are the saints. We are consecrated. We are set apart for God. And that consists, our happiness consists in the knowledge of God. Not the knowledge that God exists, but to know him. If you're in a marriage and your happiness consists in the fact that you know your husband exists, you know your wife exists, no, no. Your happiness and the reason you got married is because of the knowledge of one another. And that made your love grow. Our Lord tells us that this is eternal life, that they may know thee, the only true God, um, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. This is the food of which the archangel Raphael spoke when he said to Tobias, I use an invisible meat and drink which cannot be seen by men. In heaven, the angels have an immediate knowledge of God in the beatific vision. We on earth only know God through the medium of his works and of what he has revealed to us. Our knowledge compared with that of the saints and angels is like the knowledge of a country that one gets from maps and pictures as compared with the knowledge of one who has himself visited it. Beloved dear, we'll come back right after this break. We'll continue and then we'll take your calls uh, after the second break. Our toll-free number is one 511 5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We'll be right back.
as a non-profit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener-supported. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. Thank you for your continued support, and may God bless you and your family. The Station of the Cross appreciates the generosity of our supporters. We are committed to keeping our donors' accounts up to date. If there have been changes made to your payment information, please call us so that we can update your account. 1-877-888-6279, extension 104. Or update your information online at thestationofthecross.com. Thank you for your generous support of Catholic Radio. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm so happy to be with you live today. Um, and we are going through the Catechism Explained um, by Reverend um, Francis Barago. It's a magnificent book. I show it to you again. Um, the Catechism Explained. I hope I have this right. Um, it's uh, published by, um, republished, I should say, by Mediatrics Press, in soft cover, which lowers the cost quite a bit. It's available online, should be in bookstores and all over. And um, it's just truly wonderful. Um, and it explains the whole faith to us. And again, nothing from the Council of Trent that is true, which is all true. Nothing, truth can never, ever change. So nobody could say, Mother, come on, that's 16th century, 1500s, 1600s. It's not up to date. We want to know today what to believe. This is today what to believe. Every single word of it is today. Well, why aren't you using the current catechism? We certainly could. There's nothing wrong with it, except that this is more complete in its um, presentation of the faith and in its explanation. So right now we're, we're reading today, starting with section one on the faith, that the happiness of the angels and the saints consists in the knowledge of God. And what we said before the break is that you and I baptized on earth 
are saints. We are set apart from God. We're not as we will be in heaven. We're not as those who are perfected in heaven. We are as those on the earth, set apart for God. That's what it means to be a saint. It means consecrated, set apart from the world unto God. The second point here is that the knowledge of God is all important, for without it, there cannot be any happiness on earth or a well-ordered life. So how does our happiness, how will we be happy when we get a new president, when abortion is defeated, when my husband loves me more, when my wife is more what I need her to be, when my children are back in the faith, when my parents understand me, when this, when that, no, 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 no. All those things are temporary and they will all fail you. We are a fallen race. Some will fail you more than others. All of them will fail. You'll fail yourself. The only source of happiness is in the knowledge of God. Again, not the knowledge of his existence, but yes, that comes first, that God is um, and is a rewarder of all those who have faith in him. But we need to know him. God is a God of love and love desires to be known. Isn't that the greatest thing? Don't you love someone who really takes an interest in you, who knows you, who understands you, where you speak to them and you're really heard? The knowledge of God is all important. For without it, there cannot be any happiness on earth or there cannot be a well-ordered life. We're just too fallen. The, the knowledge of God is the food of our soul. Without it, the soul feels hungry. We become discontented. We may not know the reason for our discontent, but I tell you, dear ones, um, it, whatever comes at us, whatever doesn't come at us, whatever trials we face, what, what face whatever tragedies we face, whatever losses we face they're, face, they're not nothing. They're deep, deep pains. But nothing can defeat us if we know who God is and we know of his love for us and we trust him. Can we not trust a God who died for us? The knowledge of God is the food of our soul. Without it, the soul feels hungry. I had someone recently say, I do trust him, Mother. I just don't. Sometimes my faith is small or my trust is small. You know my response to that, then you don't trust. It is not levels of trust. You either trust or you don't. If you have to decide, you have a friend and you have to decide how much to trust that friend because that person hasn't proved himself or herself totally trustworthy. You have to say, well, can I trust him in this? Then you can't. You can't. Either you can give your life to someone and not worry about it, or you cannot. Same with God. You either trust him or you don't. It's not for us to judge how trustworthy he is. If we do that, then we don't trust him. Then we make him out to be one of us. Without it, the soul feels. Without the knowledge of God, the soul feels hungry. We become discontented. He who does not possess interior peace cannot enjoy riches, health, or any of the goods of this life. They all become distasteful um, to him. Yet few think about this food for the soul. They busy themselves, as our Lord says, with the meat that perishes, 
without the knowledge of God, a man is like one who walks in the dark and stumbles at every step. He has no end or aim in life, no consolation in misfortune, and no hope in death. Some people have turned to me in the midst of what people might consider a a deep trial, deep loss, whatever it might be, and they'd say, I don't understand how you have the faith you do, because I know nothing touches me that God doesn't allow. I don't know why it allows it. Did it come from him? Did it come from elsewhere and he allowed it? I have no idea. But I know that if it touches me, God allowed it. And I know if God allowed it, he's my father. He died for me. He's love. He's perfect. I can trust him. It doesn't matter. Why did he allow it? I have no idea. I don't need to know. I only need to know that I'm his. And they said, but how do you have such faith? I said, for me, two and two is four. He's either God or he's not. End of story. He's either God or he's not. If he's God, he's the God the Bible says he is. All wise, all knowing, all loving, all powerful, all of that. All holy, all of that. He's either God, he exists, and if he exists, he is who he said he is. Or he doesn't exist. That's it. Easy. Simple for me. He cannot have any solid or lasting, the person who doesn't have the knowledge of God, cannot have any solid or lasting happiness or any true contentment without a knowledge of God, a well-ordered life is impossible. Just as untilled field, an untilled field produces no good fruit, so a man who has not the knowledge of God can produce no good works. You could see people doing a lot of good works, but it means zero for eternity, absolutely zero. At the judgment, they will burn up like wood, hay, and stubble. Only one life, someone says, it will soon be passed, and only what's done for Christ will last, nothing else. If we do it for Christ, it has eternal value. If we don't, we can feed the poor, we could do a million things. It means nothing if it's not done for Christ. Ignorance and forgetfulness of God are the causes of most of the sins that men commit. Rash and false oaths, neglect of the service of God and of the sacraments, the love of gold, the sinful indulgence of the passions are all due to willful ignorance and forgetfulness of God. Willful, beloved, not unintentional, willful. Jesus said to the Jewish people, I came that you may have life, but you will not come to me that you might have life. Thus the prophet Hosea exclaims, there's no knowledge of God in the land. Cursing and lying and killing and theft and adultery have overflowed. And St. Ignatius of Loyola cries out, O God, thou joy of my soul, if only men knew thee, they never would offend thee. And experience shows that in the jails, the greater part of the prisoners are those who knew nothing of God. When Frederick of Prussia at length recognized that the want of the knowledge of God was the cause of the increase in crime, he exclaimed, then I will have religion introduced into this country. Two and two is four. 
This is why the learning and the understanding of the catechism, which is nothing else than an abridgment of the Christian religion. You, um, Jesus wrote at the end of the Gospel of John that uh, if everything was written that Jesus did and said and taught, the, the world couldn't contain the books. So it's an abridgment of the Christian religion. It's all important. But a mere knowledge of the truths of religion is not sufficient. They must also be practiced. So we must know, have the knowledge of God, but then we must practice it. In other words, we must believe it and then live as if it's true. What do you mean live as if it's true, Mother? If you believe it, then you live it. If you believe Sunday is a day of rest, the God to be honored, then you don't go to restaurants and you don't go shopping and you don't have other people serve you while you're supposedly taking a day of rest. No, the restaurants, the stores, everything need to be closed on Sunday. People don't need to be serving us. They need to be home with their families. Catholics of all people should never enter a restaurant or a store or any other place where people need to work to serve us on a Sunday. Stay home with your family. Should sports games and all that Sunday? No, 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 no. Stay home with your family. It should be a family time. So um, we must know the faith and we must live it. Thirdly, we arrive at a right knowledge of God through faith in the truths which God has revealed. We must believe that God exists. We must know him. We must live what we know. And we must um, have a right knowledge, right knowledge of God through faith in the truths which God has revealed. Today, it's tragic, beloved, that so much confusion has been spread um, from every level of Christianity and within the Catholic Church. The world is confusing enough, but... Um, what has confused Catholics more than anything else is within the church that our shepherds um, right up to the hierarchy uh, priests, others have kind of abandoned the sh- not kind of, have abandoned the sheep in their not teaching the truths of the faith, teaching things that are against God, teaching that um, we need to welcome Uh, homosexuals into our church. There's only one reason we need to welcome them, and that is to bring them the gospel of Christ. We cannot, we love them, but we don't love their lifestyle. We cannot allow them to live their lifestyle and continue to be part of the church, our parish. No, no. Anybody is welcome. Atheists, sinners of all stripes, pagans of all kinds, you are welcome. But you are not welcome to continue to live a pagan, sinful lifestyle within the church of God. If you're searching for the true God, by all means, come in and let us help you. We want you to get to heaven. Christ loves you. He gave his life for you. He died that you might have life also. That's the only reason we want you to be in the church, not to continue what is evil in the sight of God, beloved. Um, 
So there's the music for our second break. We will continue this tomorrow. God bless you. And when we come back from the break, we'll take your calls, your emails, your texts. Toll free. Call in 1-877-511-5483 or email. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is at a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. Prayer in Time of Affliction Blessed, O Lord, be thy name forever. Who has permitted this affliction to come upon us? We cannot escape it, but must of necessity fly to thee to help us and turn it to our good. Lord, we are now in affliction. Our souls are ill at ease, for we are much troubled with this present suffering. Let it please thee, O Lord, to deliver us, for poor wretches that we are. What can we do without thee? Thy mighty hand can do all things. Give us patience, O Lord, and strength and peace. Help us, O God, and we will not fear, no matter how grievously we may be afflicted. O Lord, thy will be done. Welcome be the will of God. Sacred heart of Jesus, we place our trust in thee. Amen. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our whole half hour together, and I love this time in our program. You may call in with anything at all on your heart, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Two announcements. Um, one is that I see... Um, um, how do we? How do I say? LifeSite, uh, you know, most of you know, had set up a LifeFunder.com, a, a fundraiser for our new home, and the goal was two hundred thousand. We reached one hundred eight thousand, and twice it was came to its limit. Um, 54%, and so it stopped, and people couldn't donate. I just looked at it, and it's still going. They, this is the third time they have continued it, so we could reach 200,000, and we're at 108 now with 10 days to go. So, dear ones, if you wish, if you can, help us with our new home. Um, 
The $200,000 goal is a very wonderful one. We now have um, uh, gone through the house. We've we've actually, we're going to sign on the house. We're going to close on it the 21st of this month and give the rest of the purchase money in addition to that. We've ordered flooring and bathroom fixtures and showers and all of that so we could pack it with as many women as we can. And um, we're actually going to need close to a half a million. So don't let that scare you. But if we, if you can go to lifefunder.com forward slash and then the initials of our community, D-O-M-M-O-I-H, Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope, D-O-M-M-O-H, all in caps, um, and again, I think we have 108,000, which means we could use to reach that goal, um, another 92,000, uh, within 10 days, if God wills, um, he hasn't willed so far for the 200 goal to be met. So, um, I'm just thrilled. And, and I look on there, I, I didn't know till this morning that it had been extended. So bless you, LifeSite News. Thank you so much for that. Um, We've had some emails from people saying, I wanted to give, but it's it's shut down, so now it's open again. Um, God bless you so much. And then um, we have a breaking news report from LifeSite that they have been permanently, permanently banned from YouTube. They've been taken off sometimes, but now forever and ever and ever, uh, they are banned. And there's a an article on LifeSite it's, it says, breaking, Facebook permanently removes LifeSite News' page. And on that article, there's a list of ways you can get them. Um, follow them on Gab, gabgab.com. And everything I'm going to tell you now, just keep put forward slash LifeSite News after it. So gab.com forward slash LifeSite News. Um, MeWe.com, Rumble.com, and a www, um, let's see, Brighton, B-R-I-G-H-T-E-O-N.com, slash channel, slash LifeSite News. So, um, and then they say the absolute best way to connect with LifeSite News is to subscribe to our daily news emails and just go to LifeSite and, and you'll, um, and, and you can choose the Catholic edition, the uh, regular edition, the worldwide edition, all of that. So uh, I, we do that and get a subscription. Um, and we get LifeSite News uh, postings every single day. So I, I just think it's the best source for Catholic news. So God bless you. And um, we're going to take now... Um, our first email, and again, you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart, toll free at one 5483 We have an email from Danielle who writes, Good evening, Mother Miriam. I am blessed to have come across your channel some time ago. I know it was an answered prayer as I was struggling to discern if the Catholic Church is the true church that Jesus Christ built. I'm a cradle Catholic, but was very lost and not following Jesus at all. I would only attend Mass because it was an obligation. I met my husband who was raised Jewish. His dad is Jewish, and his mom was raised Catholic, but converted to Judaism. Oh, that's backwards. To be raised Catholic and convert to Judaism is to turn from God. To be raised Jewish 
and turn to Catholicism is to be the greatest Jew a Jew could be. The email continues. However, my husband is an atheist. Oh, dear. We married in October 1997. We were married in a country club by a rabbi and a priest. We have two sons who were not raised with any particular faith. Although I did speak to them about Jesus often, I always believed in God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Sadly, I was not living out my faith. I am so devastated and full of regret for our boys who grew up not knowing the love of Jesus. They are now 21 years old and 18 years old. My husband left our home on Easter Sunday. Oh, what heartbreaks. On April 1st, 2017, while the three of us were at church, I did get our boys to go to church on Christmas and Easter. We came home, and my husband had left with most of his clothes, and we found a note. He filed for divorce that May. I soon got down on my knees and cried out to God. I know he told me to fight for my marriage, even though I had no idea what that meant. I came across several Facebook groups in which the members are standing for their marriage. I also began reading the Bible daily and now am standing and now I'm closer to God than has ever been than ever before. Praise Jesus. Our older son, Andrew, did get baptized in a Baptist church in August 2020, and our younger son, Joshua, has been watching sermons by a few pastors, so I know God is calling them to him, too. Almost done here, beloved. I am standing in the gap for my husband and praying for his salvation and for marriage restoration. The divorce did go through um, in March of this year after I fought it for two, um, two and a half years. I told the attorneys and my husband that God hates divorce um, and that marriage is lifelong. My question is, my husband believes religion breeds hatred, and this is one of his reasons for not believing in God. Prior to your conversion, were you offended by Christianity because of Jesus having blamed, being blamed for wanting Jesus crucified? I am concerned that my husband will always feel unaccepted by Christians or even worse, feel blamed by Christians. I want him to know Jesus so badly and know and know his love. I try to talk to him and tell him Jesus was a Jew. The, apost- the apostles were Jewish. We, talk, we do talk sometimes. Excuse me. We do talk even though he is still with the other woman that he left me for. I do forgive him for the leaving, and I know he is a burdened person. I was not a godly wife at all. I just pray God gives me and our marriage a second chance. I am sorry for this rambling. I guess I am just looking for wisdom regarding my marriage and wondering 
if there's anything I can do to help my husband and be offended, help my husband uh, not be offended by Christianity. Let's see now. Many thanks and blessings upon you, Danielle. Um, Oh, Danielle, I tell you, my eyes are closing. I'm so sorry. Um, Let me just see. I'm looking for a way regarding my marriage and wondering if there's anything I can do to help my husband and not be offended by Christianity. Well, I'm guessing by your question that the two of you are still in touch. And if that's the case... Say to him, honey, I never really lived my Catholic faith well. I apologize to you. I don't blame you for being offended by Christianity. You don't know what it is, and I've been a bad example. Excuse me. But I'm close to God now, and I do know my faith. And what I do, what I've learned, is that Christianity is not opposed to Judaism. Christianity is Jewish. It's all Jewish. It is Judaism fulfilled in its Messiah and taken and spread to the four corners of the earth. And so recommend a couple of books. One is Salvation is from the Jews by Roy Shoman, and the other edited by Roy Shoman would be Honey from the Rock, 16 Jews who entered the Catholic faith, believing that it was not the rejection, but the fulfillment thereof. Um... And they can have, um, um, well, I'm I'm thinking that a book on um, uh, stories, personal stories, personal conversions is easier to read than a theology book if someone's not looking. But they may be curious, why would these Jews have become Christians? Um, Because it is the fulfillment of Judaism uh, and the full measure of Christianity. So perhaps... um, uh, it could be you could help them to maybe go through those books with you, or ask them to read the book um, for your birthday, um, or for Christmas, or for some special celebration. So um, uh, that's what I would I would tell every Jew that they don't have to be afraid of Christianity. To be a Christian is to be a follower of the Christ. That's what Christian means. The Christ, the Messiah. The Christ is the English word translated for the Greek for uh, Christ, the Messiah. Um, and, and that's what you are. You are Jewish in the Jewish Messiah. And the faith has been spread to the four corners of the earth. Christianity is Jewish. And those two books I really would recommend to you. Honey from the Rock and... Um, a salvation is from the Jews. It goes through from salvation history from Abraham right to Christ. We have another email from Peter. Um, okay, hold on a minute. Okay, Peter writes, Dear Mother Miriam, I am in the permanent diaconate program and am scheduled to be ordained this June. I was listening to a recent Lenten sermon on hell, specifically on the Eucharist, receiving only on the tongue section. 
I said others want to receive our Lord only on the tongue and do. I and others, he says, specifically, the only want to receive our Lord on the tongue, and we do receive him that way. Um, this has become an issue alarming some because if not many parishioners I'm sorry sweet sweet people can you see I'm falling asleep I'm so so sorry there's the music for the break I'll take a sip of coffee or something so that we can continue when we come back forgive me for that God bless you we'll be right back and you're welcome to call in if you call in you'll keep me awake I'll tell you that toll free one 511 5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We'll be right back. For several ways to view our programming grid, including at our website, thestationofthecross.com, and on our iCatholic Radio app. Just click the menu icon in the top left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. Beloved, this is Mother Miriam. Many of you are familiar with Mother Miriam Live, but I wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the Station of the Cross, such as The Catholic Current. Father Robert McTague discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can listen anytime to The Catholic Current as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the Internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
Hello, my dear family. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live and Awake. I hope I can stay awake. I've been falling asleep. Isn't that awful? Um, But we are going to uh, start from the beginning. Peter's email. Peter writes, Dear Mother Miriam, I'm in the permanent diaconate program and am scheduled to be ordained this June. Oh, bless you. Next month, Pete, God bless you. Um, I was listening to a recent Lenten sermon on hell, specifically on the Eucharist, that is, receiving only on the tongue, the Eucharistic section. I and others want to receive our Lord only on the tongue and do. This has become an issue among some, if not many, parishioners and clergy. Please help me in my discernment. With our current state of affairs in the Roman Catholic Church, there is much confusion, irreverence, insufficient catechesis, etc. This has been a very challenging seven years in the vocation to the permanent diaconate. I said yes to our Lord, fully trusting that this is his will for me, my wife, and family. We do not, however, want to ever disrespect the most sacred body, blood, soul, and divinity of our blessed Lord, specifically in the reception distribution of Holy Communion. The majority clergy lay have been receiving in the hand. May God bless you with all that is good and holy. May Mother Mary and St. Joseph always intercede for you. Thank you for being a courageous and holy mother. You remain in my prayers. God bless you, Peter, and thank you so much. Um, I very much appreciate your heart and reverence for the Holy Eucharist. I I wish that no one received any other way but on the tongue and kneeling. But the church allows reception in the hand. The, the, um, uh, the norm is reception on the tongue. People think reception on the hand in the tongue is an option. No, no, no. The norm is on the tongue, and the hand is an option. Um, and it's been proven scientifically that to, uh, during this COVID situation that receiving on the tongue is much more sanitary and safer than receiving in the hand. And I think that's two and two is four. I think that should be obvious to everyone. So if you're able to receive on the tongue and kneeling you and your family, this is a great thing. But if you're a deacon in a Novus Ordo church and you must serve people in the hand if they wish. Uh, That is your choice. Um, You can either tell your priest that you cannot do that, you don't want to do that, even though the church allows it, or you can simply do it because the church allows it, Um, or you'd have to go to a Latin parish where they don't serve uh, the host on the hand. That's your choice. If I did not want to put our Lord in anybody's hand, and I would never want to do that, because the host should never touch any hand but the consecrated hand of a priest, not even yours, dear Deacon Peter, you should not distribute communion. Um, the only, not even when you're a permanent deacon, the only people to distribute Holy Communion are the hands of a consecrated priest. That's it. No one else on earth has been has received that 
duty and responsibility, the host, our Lord himself, should be handled only by the consecrated hands of a priest, not a deacon, not a lay person. And so um, the only way you can get, if you go to a Novus Ordo church, you're not going to be able to get around that. Uh, It's going to be very difficult for you. You can refuse, but you're going to be in trouble with the bishop and everybody else. The only way for you to get around that that I know is to go to a Latin church, a Latin mass where it's done correctly, dealing it on the tongue, no one but the priest, or maybe a second priest, not a deacon, distributes communion. God bless you, and um, we will pray for you, uh, dear Peter, uh, uh, for your ordination next month. God bless you. Um, We have a text from somebody who writes it anonymously and says, Good morning, Mother Miriam. May God bless you today and always. Thank you so much. What do you know about the news that in Israel, Orthodox Jews have anointed a 32-year-old man by the name of Jizkayahu ben David as Messiah? Thank you, Mother. Yes, I have seen that. I've seen pictures of it, lots of news articles. I know that, but he's not the Messiah. End of story. He's not the Messiah. Uh, some years ago, there was a, a Rabbi Schneerson, who the Jews uh, in Brooklyn, and everybody was sure he was the Messiah, so sure that the Chabadniks, the, the ultra-Orthodox Jews, um, the Hasidic, um, when he died, when Rabbi Schneerson died, um, they waited for him to come out of the de- grave three days later because the scripture said that Messiah would rise in three days. So they waited for him. Um, but he, to this day, you know, when he didn't come out after three days, they waited three years, and he still hasn't risen. And the same thing is going to be with this one. Um, ben David means the son of David. Um, I don't know, Jir Kayahu, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but Ben David means the son of David, because the Messiah is to be the son of David. The fact is, however, no one who claims to be the Messiah or who people claim to be the Messiah, can prove they're the son of David. If Jesus is not the Messiah, no one can ever prove they're the Messiah because you have to be from the lineage of David, from Abraham, through Isaac, through Jacob, through Judah, um, uh, through the family of David. You must be from the house of David, and you must be Ben David, the son of David. But in 90 AD, or 70 AD rather, the Jerusalem was destroyed, the temple and all its records with all the genealogy, and no one today can ever prove the records that they came and that their son that they are from the lineage of David. Never again. So it's either Jesus or uh, we'll never know who the Messiah is, or at least we'll have to take his word for it. So no. Um, uh, the scriptures say uh, when the Messiah comes. Uh, He's going to come the first time, uh, Isaiah 53, to put away sin. He's going to come the second time to set up his kingdom um, and restore and to judge. The first time he came as the Lamb of God, the second time he'll come as a righteous king. And um, the scriptures speak of both, particularly the book of Isaiah, all 66 chapters speak of 
um, two comings of the Messiah. One is a suffering servant, the other is a reigning king. And Jewish people who study uh, Isaiah um, has have often come to the conclusion, rather than there being two comings of the one Messiah, they conclude there's two Messiahs because they see one coming as a uh, a lamb, a suffering servant, and they see another one as a reigning king. So they conclude that one is going to be uh, Mashiach ben Joseph, the son of Joseph, the um, the lamb the suffering servant, and the other will be uh, Mashiach ben David, um, the reigning king. But it's not so. There's one Messiah, and he's come twice. He came 2,000 years ago, as he said he would, from the tribe of Judah through the family of David to set up his kingdom in the hearts of men. He will come again, and it looks like not too far from now, to judge the living and the dead. And it will not go well for all those, Jew and Gentile, who have not put their trust in him. Um, The Bible says when he comes again, the Jews will look on him, whom they have pierced, and mourn for him as one mourns for an only son. He is the Messiah, dear ones, and Christianity is Judaism fulfilled in its Messiah and spread to the four corners of the earth. God bless you, dear ones. We'll be with you tomorrow. God bless you.